Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. In the hearing teachings on the metta, there's a one particular little way that's worked for me, and I like to bring it every time I talk about this, and I can remember. Uh, and it came from uh, Winnie Nazarko, who's a, a teacher in this tradition, and an American teacher also, like a few of the others I've mentioned. And... Uh, I remember in one talk or instruction she was giving, talking about metta, she, w- she said some, uh, something like, imagine uh, as you sit here or go for walking, it's like a typical sitting, uh, imagine a, a sitting for 30 minutes or 35 or 45 minutes without no, uh, no kindness whatsoever in the inner field, you know, like... Uh, None, no, no benevolence, kindness, goodwill, uh, friendliness, none of that in the field, how it would feel like to be in the psyche that has none of that available. And then the same, uh, imagine now sitting for a number of minutes with a mind that is uh, either in experiencing or full of... Uh, friendliness or loving kindness or benevolence or like the the feeling of it i don't know if you can relate to this the the experience of this and then imagine a relationship think of somebody you're in a relationship with some kind of relationship with somebody comes to mind imagine in this relationship the complete absence of any care or consideration or benevolence or uh, wishing well you know how harsh that would be uh, uh, coming from the other or you uh, coming from you and then that same relationship think of that relationship with some amount or a lot of consideration and care and wishing well and uh, (coughs) friendliness in that or again imagine a community life like this community here imagine us being together for a weekend and remove, suck <coughs> out all uh, kindness all uh, um, consideration and care that we could have for each other suck it out and how how is that to be in that space you know to <clears throat> be in the food line or to try to negotiate the salad bar extreme sport <laughs> and then in the same community infuse uh, a little or a lot of care a lot of wanting the other to be well to a lot of seeing considering uh, making space for <clears throat> the uh, 
to me it makes it extremely palpable I mean, it might not for you but uh, there's so many ways that the teachings come in but to me it makes it really like oh yeah it uh, it proves the point that uh, it, uh, you find in the Buddhist psychology of um, the commentaries that I've again a thousand or two thousand years old or where it says something oh no I, I think again it's uh, our old friend uh Buddha Gosa was like really like so let's say that uh, the uh, metta or love of loving kindness is uh, is a kind of a fluid it brings cohesion to things as the absence of it uh, hatred the opposite of it breaks apart divide you know and uh, the function maybe of uh, of kindness is to bring together to uh, uh, make things uh, fluid it's like uh, water kind of um, and so we can see this maybe and feel in the mind how much it can make the mind or heart pliable make it uh, adaptable make it adapt to the situation Um, and how helpful it is in any field you know so again in the field of a conflict with somebody infuse a little care for the other one in that field you know and how suddenly it might change our own views and what is possible and maybe gain access to some kind of creativity that wasn't there but we're never gonna go it's never gonna and then it's like hold on here let me see you know what is possible um Last week, I got to. I was lucky enough to spend uh, five days um, in the woods in a cabin, and uh, I went on a, a ski, a little uh, cross-country ski trip. And it turned out that the the track in the wood disappeared at some point, and I I got lost, and I got lost around uh, five o'clock or a little before, and it was getting uh, darker. And uh, it was very interesting to be practicing in the woods in this way because I didn't know where I was, and I knew I was a couple of kilometers away from civilization, <laughs> or, or you know, somewhere that I knew. Uh, but I couldn't uh, figure out exactly where it was for for some time, and I didn't have a flashlight, and my phone had died of the cold, I, I think, and. Um, and so it was really interesting. I could see my mind uh, wanting to go towards some kind of like worry, you know, and uh, and how this was making the whole system shaky and uh, decision making and the attention not available anymore, you know. And uh, I could see like, oh, this is where practice comes in, you know, like, and, uh, oh, it's difficult, uh, my love. We're a little, we don't know what's going on, you know. Yes. We're thirsty. We lost our bottle of water. <laughs> We're hungry because we didn't know it would be that long. And now we don't know how to get back home. This is not easy to be in that situation. So there was a sense that I needed to be so kind to this being. And that being kind, there was an intuition that being kind would help. And then I could actually 
I think a little bit more creatively and, and keep the hope going by being really, really kind and very attentive. They were very much mixed together. And being very attentive, I started to see in the dark at some point there was some kind of, you know, there was a hill maybe like this and there was a little edge like this. I couldn't see the traces of somebody walking with snow boots, but I, I could sense that somebody had been there in the last... I don't know how long, but not today, you know. And so, in the in the dark, it was uh, it was re- it was uh, snowing, so there was no moon or anything. But I could see just this little edge, and I could see somewhat the trees when I was getting uh, closer. And this was progressive, like it was definitely. Uh, and uh, I would I was like, oh, I think I need to follow human steps, you know, and I think these are so. And so I would just, and then I would say, like, oh my God, now it's dark, there's no more, like that little thing is gone, you know, and then I would look, oh yeah, I see that little thing, and I would step, and I had my long skis, and then we'd get stuck in trees and things, you know, and it was going like this, and, and at the top there I was sure that I was on, you know, and I got there and there was nothing <laughs> and so I decided I would but the whole time it felt like it was a really great time to practice it was like this was why I had practiced in my life you know it was to actually be there very very kindly very specifically and you know here's an opportunity to develop to cultivate you know what I said just before the walk you know oh here's an how could that activity help me cultivate uh, calm and stability of mind and kindness, you know? And then I went like this and like that, and then I went up a second thing, and at some point I could see light, you know, somewhere. And then I, my whole system was, I'm saved this life, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was actually a really a good uh, practice to me I, I'm using it as an analogy for what we go through in life you know that it's uh, it's always welcomed in the field to bring careful attention because this is the unknown or because this is extremely beautiful you know or because there's not much happening it's worth paying attention one thing that uh, kind of sells the, the this quality of meta to me uh, is the fact that uh, it's 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 known to be the path part of the path of awakening but also and that's the selling point for me is that it's also an ex- an expression of the goal of the path you know it's it's uh, when the when there's going to be awakening fuller or full awakening or liberation what's going to be uh, liberated it's the heart what uh, an expression that is used in this teaching is the sure heart's release this is the path it's said to the sure heart's release and in the teaching it says uh, at some point uh, the mind or heart again kind of similar in this practice the mind the heart is naturally radiant, naturally responsive. It's because of visiting forces in the mind that we experience confusion and dread and misery and uh, all kinds of suffering, you know, the shame, the envy, the, the wanting to be somewhere else and not wanting to be this person, or etc. 
that when this has been cleared, naturally it says that the heart is uh, naturally, that's it, in its nature, it's spontaneous to it to be caring. Responsive means, I think, uh, uh, meta-ish, you know, uh, caring, loving, friendly. It's, it's, in, uh, it's in its uh, nature to do this. And so and we can see how much uh, misunderstanding there is in us about life, you know, and about stuff that we, you know, when something uh, happens uh, that is beautiful, the, the, the heart often can't actually completely enjoy it because it goes straight to fear of losing. Or that when something goes, the heart cramps and like no no it can't it it hasn't have it doesn't have this wisdom that things actually pass that people pass that things that come together come apart also this is deep 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 wisdom of course you know uh, and so sometimes the heart uh, shuts down you know when uh, loss happens. It's very touching in the text. I'm not sure that I've actually read it. I've heard my teachers say that. I'm not sure that I actually read it from the discourses itself. But at some point in the uh, in the life of the Buddha, in his old age, uh, his two within two weeks apart, his two best friend uh, friends die. They die. I think it's in his 80s, maybe, or something like this. He lost, uh, he loses his two uh, friends, they die. And I think somebody asks him something about it, you know. And he says, and it's very beautiful. Uh, actually, I don't want to impose beauty on you. You'll see if you, you think it is or not. But, um, he says, it's like as if the moon and the sun had left uh, the earth or the, the, the universe, you know, the and so I'm not saying here that when loss happen that we should all be bubbly and, you know, like, oh, life, you know, you know, people come and go, you know, it's not like that. But there's some, the sense I get from the Buddhist teaching is that there's some recogni- deep recognition that, yes, things go away, or yes, we don't have that much control, you know. And that this, instead of leading to fear and shutting down and resentment or taking it personal, all the kinds of ways that we can react to it, this, for the Buddha, opens the heart. Wow. That we don't have control over others' life. You know? That we don't have so much control over even this life. Oh. And maybe a recognition that we're all in this together, that this is a universal experience. <coughs> And so the same reality that we live in can uh, shut us down or make us react. And the same exact reality, not another one, the same other, same reality can have another uh, effect on us of opening the heart. Or can it? Is it possible? This is the question that is asked uh, on the path, you know, can, can this heart uh, allow uh, 
the fullness of life to happen. And this is what uh, we, what this is what we call a practice here. So we practice, we engage in this way with, we engage in this way with life, so that we can feel, learn to, how can we feel the beauty, and uh, joy and the nurturing aspects of reality? How can we really become intimate with that without closing down? You know, how can we allow beauty? and uh, ease and well-being to happen to somebody else without comparing uh, being envious closing down again in some ways you know how we can see that this becomes a practice you know? and uh, how can we allow all of it to happen in this system and so that's what we're doing here this weekend through the sitting and the walking and the movement and the eating we pay attention and see how can I be in the middle of this great taste or how can I be in the middle of this taste that is not exactly what I would like to taste being separated from you know a harder green bean you know (laughs) or something you know like oh it's too cooked oh how can I be in the middle of too cooked you know or not cooked enough or cooked just right you know without like oh I'm gonna you know how can I be in the in the middle of whatever is happening outwardly and inwardly uh, here. So we're given many opportunities here uh, in the sitting, for example, sitting with discomfort. How can I stay here and not go towards the other reality where I wouldn't feel like this and, you know, and, you know, uh, making, giving value to myself or the situation because of the pleasantness or unpleasantness that is felt, you know. Can I stay here? Can I stay here? And uh, have with a quality connection. Yeah. So this is going to be the outcome of the path. The, this heart that is going to be able to um, maybe uh, radiate, but uh, maybe more so how it appears to me these days is resonate. Resonate with life. Like be touched and uh, feel, you know, uh, in a way that doesn't uh, go towards the extremes of despair, of shutting down, but is able to receive life, feel life, even when there's not much happening. And I want to name this uh, often because... It's hard also for us when there's not much happening. It's hard for us when it's difficult. And it can be hard for us also, triggering when it's really good. Oh my God, it's good. Is it going to stay good? You know? <laughs> and when there's not much happening, it also uh, can be very challenging for some of us, or some of the time. You know? Am I doing this right? There's nothing happening. You know? The mind gets triggered, or the heart gets triggered also, shuts down, or gets reactive or agitated. You know? Can we be able to be with not much? Also is a kind of an, an extreme sport also. You know, when the mind would go towards boredom. Or so can we allow, as we wish well-being to self or others, all the fluctuations that will come in this, you know? The tiredness, the everything. It's the same practice. Can I just keep going as I gave myself this kind of mandate or okay, for this walking 
And so even if the lower back becomes achy, can I still offer wishes of well-being or can I maybe adapt it some to include that aspect of reality that is present? So the idea here is that what we... Uh, this is a, from the texts, from the sutras, the Buddha saying what we often reflect upon becomes uh, the tendency of the mind. And so here we're reflecting a lot upon uh, uh, friendliness so that, it can, so that we can make discoveries about it, how the different permutations of it, iterations or the different manifestations of it, you know, or how can it be invited even here, so that the friendliness is not kind of haphazard, you know. Oh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. For this one, yes. For this one, now, yes. But not now, any, not anymore, you know. But like, make it more. Uh, uh, sometimes in the text they talk about making it the best friend. I think again, it might be Buddha Gosa. Is it's an interesting guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So making friendliness or loving kindness a good ally, so a good friend that we can really count on, that can travel with us, you know. Where is he gone again, you know? Oh, no, here, here, available, giving duration and depth and breath and uh, stability, availability to that quality. So that's the idea here. We can think of three ways that metta can be uh, in our life, uh, cultivated or practiced or present in our life. One way is reflecting about it. So in the teaching, we say it's good to actually reflect on this, like this reflection about how is it in a psyche when it's present or absent? How is it in a relationship when it's present or absent? We're using the thinking mind. We're reflecting on it. And so then we can say like, oh, yeah, it's actually good, like I'm convincing myself through reflection. You know? uh, so that's one of the ways. The other way is we're putting a lot of hours into this this weekend is meditate on it, learn to uh, experience it, invite it, feel it. So it's not so much reflecting on it, but having a felt sense, like more like texture-wise, uh, intuitive uh, uh, feel for it, a feel for it, yeah? It's more in the realm of taste and texture and experiential. So it's not so much thinking, but experiencing it, its presence, its absence. That's the uh, instructions of the Buddha. Notice when friendliness or benevolence, goodwill, is there in the field. Notice how it feels. Notice when it's absent. How does it feel? Don't become judgmental. Don't become entranced by the state you're in, notice how it feels when it's not there, right? And the third way, so reflect on, meditate, experience it uh, with full consciousness, being really there for it, for the subtlety of it, oh, it's there a little bit, or it's there in that field, or it's there for that person, yeah. And the third one is act up on it. So making it... um, the basis for action and speech. Let's put them together here. You know, So practicing it in life, we're going to have many opportunities for this, to say like, oh, let this be the basis of my actions. 
the basis of my reflections, how I think of somebody else, how I think of a situation at work or in my society, in my community. Let it be the basic, the basis of my reflection. Let it be uh, also the basis of my actions. Is my action that I'm about to take loving, caring, and in the, this in this practice, in this uh, this quality is always uh, the idea is uh, is that loving for myself and others. So it's never exclusive. It's never excluding. It's always including, considering, beneficial for me and for others. I remember one of the first kind of hits of... um, or maybe inside for me around uh, around love. One of the is it the first problem? Anyway, something that is outstanding for me uh, is um, one of my root gurus. I would say around um, around uh, love and friendliness and lo- loving kindness is uh, my gr- uh, one of my grandmother, my grandmother Mimi. Was uh, had several children, somewhere between eleven and twelve, because <laughs> uh, she adopted one. She lost one in early uh, childbirth, and uh, and uh, yeah, let's say she had twelve children, uh, and she uh, she had a few dozen grandchildren and uh, I always thought I mean for a long time I thought I was a special like we had a special relationship I really thought like she particularly loves Pascal you know (laughs) and I was really feeling feeling it and it was over a number of years and I remember one day I was with two of my cousins uh, Elizabeth and Chantal and and suddenly I just got a glimpse, like I saw something in their eyes, you know, that they thought they were really special to her. <laughs> and she was really seeing them uh, kind of thoroughly, completely. And there was some... I was like, and I remember actually not uh, feeling envious or anything. I was just like struck, like, oh my God, you can actually offer this to a number of people. You know, like, this is this is possible and I remember how suddenly my my heart my mind actually opened to like wow there's a whole other world there like you can actually like blast somebody with you can blast many people with love you know and and uh, and one of the ways that uh, one of the teachers colleagues I teach with uh, uh, Pam I think expresses it and it might have been coming from an aunt uh, or something like this, she would say, I would arrive there, and she would take me and say, put me on the countertop like this, and tell me, I want to know everything. And she, she was saying, like, the impression for me was like, I'm actually, I want to take you all in. I want the fullness of you is welcomed here, you know, like uh, something like this. Uh, so, um, 
kind of uh, the feeling of uncondi- a hit of unconditional love, and you might have your own uh, reference uh, around this. I remember many, many years after, maybe, uh, you know, after that hit of like, wow, there's a way, amazing way to treat people, really, you know. A couple of decades uh, later, maybe, yeah, at least a couple of decades later, I was sitting in a retreat and... uh, I took off, as we do sometimes, you might also. I just took off in the world of fantasy, in the made-up world. My <coughs> made-up world was uh, a world where there was not... I was imagining a life where there was not something that was difficult in my life. You know, so I was just off, unaware, kind of gone, swallowed, attention, you know, entranced, fascinated, hooked, gone in the world where over there you know there was this life without uh, this thing uh, this thing actually it might be good that I name it but uh, we'll all have our things uh, it, it was the HIV HIV because I'm HIV positive and at that point uh, it was earlier on now it's been 20 years this year actually but it was in the early years and it was uh, there was a lot of difficulties around this, a lot of stigma, probably there still, but in my heart, definitely a lot more, uh, and complication around health and uh, uh, the loss of youth, and in my mind, you know, loss of youth, loss, loss of uh, health, loss of uh, life, really, because there's a sense that I was going to die uh, within a few years, you know, and, and so. Of course, I was checking out and thinking, wow, what my life would be without this, you know. And so dreaming about this. And at some point, because of prior moments of bringing attention, quality attention to the moment, at some point it came back, like there was like just, oh, gone, you know, like I had the intention to be here, you know. And as I came back to that miserable life, there was kind of a shock, you know, like a kind of like, a shock of culture, <laughs> a shock of realities. Like, oh, I'm stuck in this life, you know. But at the same time, there was a, a sense like, but this is my life. The other one is a made-up thing. It doesn't actually exist. It's a generation of the mind. And suddenly there was the kind of insight or idea that came to mind that I could actually devote the rest of my life to loving this one. You know, instead of abandoning it and checking it out, checking out, you know, that I could actually, that would be a good use of life to actually love this one, take really good care of this one, cherish this one that was actually alive, pulsing, even though crooked, you know, or uncomfortable or uh, not the one I would have liked, you know, there was one that was happening. And in that moment, there was this kind of commitment, I'm actually going to cherish this one. Let's do this, you know. That's a good use of this life, to actually learn to, you know, uh, hang out with it, and accompany it, 
and take good care of it. And to me, this was a, a movement of metta in the mind-heart. There was a recognition that this was life there that was worthy of care, even if it was not uh, the one, you know, presented in the advertisement. <laughs> there was not exactly the image of happiness, you know. But there was something, this, yeah, very, and at that moment there was, okay, let's pay really careful attention to this life happening, you know. And definitely with that, a change of experience, a change of lifestyle in a way from the in, inside, I would say. Not that m many things change outside, but inwardly, the way to meet and uh, uh, and treat this this life and this being and this being in this kind of life, uh, and and again, suddenly not needing anything else to have happened or to be happening, just suddenly plenty of reality to take care of. The loss of the preference for something else, you know, and the commitment to what is actually here, which is a lot of the practice we do here. Can I actually be here with this heat, with these sounds, in this posture that is less than absolutely comfortable? Yes. Can I can I show up here? Is there a possibility, even if it's not perfect, the, the showing up, you know? Is it possible to actually meet what is happening here? And the Buddha, the first time uh, in the story, in the myth now, it might have been true, but 2,600 years of storytelling around it, you can't be absolutely sure, but uh, certainly it's been presented to me by my teacher that the first time the Buddha taught uh, his uh, followers or companions uh, uh, metta uh, was as a protection for the mind, for the psyche, saying, uh, and the particular situation you might know about this is that uh, in Asia, at the time of the monsoon, when there's going to be a lot of rain, uh, for again, I'm passing new stories that I've heard, and I hope they're exact. Uh, at the months, at the time of the monsoon, the monks and nuns stopped traveling around the uh, 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 wandering ascetics. They stopped doing this because uh, the rice is growing in the field, and they don't want to. Uh, um, you know, disrupt the cultures or something like this. And so uh, it's traditional to stop for three months. They call it the rains retreat, where they stop moving for a while somewhere in the forest, usually close to a village, so they can go every day and uh, uh, go for alms uh, rounds and gather food for their, their meals. And so there was a bunch of uh, monks and nuns who were in the forest that the Buddha had told them to go to, and they didn't feel safe in that forest. They didn't like being there. They were afraid. And uh, so they came back uh, to uh, see the Buddha, and they said, could we go somewhere else? We don't like the noises at night in that forest. We don't like uh, 
the energy. We don't feel safe in that forest. And the Buddha said, actually, you know what? It is a good place. It is a good place to be. And the people in the village are generous nearby and they can take good care of you. So go back there and practice metta. Practice sending wishes of well-being. Practice radiating, as we did this morning, in front of you and behind you and around you, above and below. uh, Create the space of uh, safety. Offer protection. Offer uh, goodness. Offer non-harming. Offer uh, non-violence. Create a peaceful uh, space around you. And you'll feel better. You'll see in the... The story goes that they went back and actually they were able to stay there for three months. And so it was a protection for their own mind. Not only people would benefit from coming in that uh, realm, but also a protection for the mind. So, you know, when I'm telling you the story of me lost in the Laurentians, (laughs) in the great jungle of the Laurentians where there's no snakes, no tigers, no... (laughs) Bears are sleeping, <laughs> and usually they eat berries anyway. <laughs> you know, uh, there was it was also playing playing as a protection for the mind. You know, and so when we are in the forests, uh, the forests of our mind, feeling uh, that we're in the in the inner space that is unwelcoming. You know, what can we do? And we bring something in there, some care, some uh, something of that nature that would maybe change the field there. So it might be good to talk just a little bit about the uh, other qualities of mind that are around uh, metta or that can be taken for metta and uh, that are maybe not exactly that. There's a very beautiful kind of love. It's good to recognize it that is called uh, pema, I think. It's a kind of love that uh, is not metta because in it, it has attachment it has, so it's the kind of love you find often in families, you know, where you care about somebody, but there's also the fear uh, for them or the needing them, or the it it may it ta- it takes many forms, and in that in that exp- uh, that feeling of pema sometimes can be visited by metta, where there's an opening suddenly, and uh, and it says in the story again that uh, the. Uh, best friend of the Buddha and his, uh, his uh, cousin Ananda who was also his uh, um, kind of caretaker or assistant or was uh, hang out with him for a couple of decades people were saying said that Ananda was feeling a lot of pema towards the Buddha and that was keeping him from uh, being enlightened because there was this effect he, he, you know, when the Buddha died, he was very sad and and wanting not wanting the Buddha to go. And there was something like, and the Buddha kept telling him, you know, you you really have to develop some wisdom here because I am going to disappear. You know, you have to go. This tells us about the depth of this practice. You know, to actually recognize, allow deeply to know that we cannot control the other and we'll have to let them go. This is 
pretty uh, powerful, deep practice. You know, it's above what we would usually ask of ourselves. You know, that's how I think of it anyway. And uh, so you can recognize. I'm naming this just again. I want you to. I would really like you, and I think you will, and you do, and it's good to name it anyway, to bring a lot of um, critical thinking in this teaching, to take this teaching and see how does it fit in your life, how, what parts are true for you or not, and what, how you want to explore it further, and what you're questioning and not sure about. That's really, really good to bring independence of mind in this. We're not in a system of uh, belief here. This is, the, the Buddha is showing us mainly to be attentive, to pay really close attention so that we can clarify things for ourselves, you know. So that's kind of the main point. And then everything else after is subject to that, you know, to careful attention. Um, yeah, so uh, an image that is used sometimes is that uh, the metta is, is kind of an open... Uh, hand as another version of Pema or even uh, the enemy or the opposite quality of, uh, of Metta would be uh, Tanha where there's like really like it's, it comes with the uh, clinging like a really strong clinging you know and, uh, and so we can see how our love sometimes moves from one to the, the next you know where I'm going to love you if you bring the garbage out. <laughs> you know? Etc. Like when there's like, it's more of a kind of a business-like <coughs> exchange, you know? And and, uh, and so that quality has a different quality is of wishing well no matter what. So not, not, uh, not, an, not an easy field here. Not, uh, it's not a free ride, right? It's not that, might not be that accessible. So imagine offering this to others, but also to self. You know, how many times do we abandon ourselves, or you know, because we've not been up to what we think we should be, or what we've been conditioned to think we, what we should be. You know, notice how your worth comes up and down, and if you're anything like me, it's pretty amazing to see like how one word and suddenly. Like my worth just drops uh, completely, or you know, like it's, uh, or how I put belief in what my worth is. You know, so if I'm seen by somebody in a certain way, I'm worth something. Oh, so I'm putting all my worth and love into somebody acknowledging my presence in a certain way. You know, that's a very shaky uh, love. You know, for self. <coughs> <coughs> and so one of the phrases that you might want to play with in the metta practice is uh, this phrase of may I love myself completely just as I am no what do you mean I came here on a self-improvement project you know like I'm not enough I'm not lovable yet you know but I should be Sunday at afternoon <laughs> when you fixed me <laughs> when this practice has fixed me and that's a little different here is a showing up and accompanying oneself no matter what no matter how confused we are how 
shut down, reactive, you know, showing up. And it doesn't mean that discernment goes away, that we can't see that, oh, these words were harmful, uh, not well, you know, not the best way to have expressed it, or this action was not, you know, there can be a way that one can recognize deeply that one's actions were um, maybe not appropriate or causing harm without adding any hate to it. So that's an expression of wisdom, recognizing, oh, this was harmful. This being was led by uh, greed or confusion or reactivity. And that was not good or to do that. That was not helpful and not a, a turn our back on ourselves or maybe on somebody else also. So take a moment to just check in where you're at, what's happening for you right now. When I was uh, a few weeks ago uh, teaching with uh, another co colleague, uh, Lila Kate Willer, she brought a story that's, uh, that I thought was uh, somewhat powerful. She was saying, and that's something I'd never heard in the 20 years of practice, I'd never heard that story. She was saying that in the Buddhist uh, thought or stories or cosmology or myths or and my sense is it might be coming from the Tibetan tradition here she says that there's this uh, we talk about this uh, particular flower and I forgot the name I had written upstairs and I, I didn't bring down the name but there's this particular flower it says that uh, arises is blooms or appears uh, only once in the whole story of the universe so this particular flower unique flower unique scent unique form unique colors uh, that appears and it appears uh, kind of in the universe like this it just spontaneously uh, arises or blooms you know and uh, so in the whole expansion and maybe contraction of one universe, so that's a huge scale, no? Only once will there be that flower. So imagine if you had the chance to be there when that flower uh, blooms and you would know about it and you would know that it happens only one in the story of the entire universe and you would happen to be there. How how would you be? 
you would look for your camera or <laughs> oh my god you know. <laughs> or would you like think it would be more appropriate to actually slow down and pay real attention <coughs> and bring the most <coughs> the most uh, the best quality attention be really there for it for that moment just for a few moments and so the privilege you would have or the sense of the preciousness of what's happening and the intimacy that would be welcomed here like the, the really the seeing really the smelling not like yeah, yeah I smelt it but just like hold on here let me really feel that sense that be there for that yeah so Leela was talking about this and then that, that was I think in the talk and then later we were uh, sitting in meditation so we were sitting now with meditative awareness and she said oh you know this flower I was talking about earlier imagine this would be you you're that flower only once in the whole story of the universe will there be that particular arising and then she said imagine the flower would be just this moment now whatever you feel grumpy or achy or tired imagine <coughs> this would be that unique arising that would be that flower how would you meet it and so I think this is a teaching in the quality of presence that uh, is invited in our life is welcomed is uh, onward leading, liberating because that's what we're talking about the hearts, the sure hearts release the liberation of the heart by a careful loving attention that recognizes maybe the preciousness of what's happening the ephemeral nature of what is happening So let's sit for just a few moments here in silence. In the middle of that uh, uh, blooming meeting the flower just as it is because it's going to be gone in no time
feel the life that is inside of you right now. The aliveness, you might become aware of it because of tingling, of breathing. There's life happening there. Or because of intelligence, consciousness. There's a knowing, there's a revealing of experience. There's a contacting experience. There's a knowing quality in there. There's a life force in there. And you might feel how you want this life force to be safe and well. Experience ease and joy. This care that you have for this life in you is metta. benevolence it's welcomed and think of somebody else you know who's alive now that you care for think of the life in them the aliveness in them that makes them move and speak and breathe. Feel how you want that life to be protected, to be safe and experiencing happiness or ease, peace. is also this recognition that all living beings fear pain and want well-being and ease. So may we recognize that in all beings may we protect that in all beings ourselves uh, included going to be served in just a couple of minutes so please go nourish yourself just eat the right amount so you can sustain the practice in the evening and you don't uh, you know you don't uh, spend the rest of the night digesting <laughs> so bring great care to this
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.